Hey guys, um, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast. Uh, my name is Nosa Yari and this is a podcast where I get to talk to different people with interesting backgrounds, uh, just getting to know more about uh, other cultures in a very casual way. Uh, now today, we're, I'm going to be talking again to Khalees, uh, which is a guest we had last week on the podcast. Uh, she is from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, but something happened last week. Um, after our conversation, after the interview, uh, we hung out for about a couple of hours just talking about stuff. And uh, we got a little bit deep and uh, just a uh, fair warning here, uh, we got to talk about uh, mental health and in particular uh, OCD, which is something that Khalees uh, has. So listening back to this interview, because uh, I wasn't in any way prepared um, during the our discussion and during our conversation, I asked her if it was okay for me to record some portions of it and she gave her approval. Uh, I also have our approval to publish this episode. So, but um, given the fact that I wasn't necessarily ready for that conversation and I don't know too much about the clinical uh, aspects of uh, the disease, OCD, um, some parts of the conversation might come off as a little awkward or things like that, but I still feel. I still felt it was necessary for me to publish this episode because uh, in as much as it, it wasn't maybe like a structured, structured episode per se, uh, maybe one or two listeners might find some things helpful and maybe we might just reach out to uh, a couple of people who are also, you know, suffering from the same kind of disease or maybe something similar. So I know, especially in the African-American community, in the black community all over the world, uh, mental health is not something that is really talked about in depth. Uh, but hopefully uh, we can touch on some things that some people can relate to. And hopefully um, we can maybe, just maybe, uh, make one person or two people or three people uh, feel a little better. So again... Forgive me for the awkwardness in the interview. It wasn't planned. Tell me what you think. And if you're around the DMV area, DMV meaning DC, Maryland and Virginia area, and you want to come on the podcast and you have something interesting to talk about, uh, or you want to share your own experiences uh, concerning um, this particular topic, uh, please send me an email, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, during the episode, Khalees also drops her contact details uh, if you want to reach out to her uh so yeah let me know all right guys enjoy the episode <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> because we were just having a conversation you were like oh let's i this sounds like another episode i'm just gonna turn this back on yeah, it sounded like another episode. Like we're go- like we're having this conversation. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like, no, that like, we need to probably record this. Like, is it okay if I like hit the record button one more time? It's and, okay uh, to talk about this. And it's okay. It's it's crazy. And is it okay like if we backtrack a little bit? Sure. Um, we're, we're kind of like talking about um, OCD, right? 
yes, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, obsessive compulsive disorder, and and how how you were kind of like diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And I was I was kind of like trying to see if because I've been afraid to like get a diagnosis for OCD. But I, I always just like play around with it. I'm like, no, no, you know, yeah, I do mm-hmm. things in a routine and, you know, try to be repetitive with a couple of things. And yeah, it's just there. You know, I didn't need to get diagnosed, but you're really like bringing it to light on how it's affected you. Like, It's hard. I didn't get diagnosed until I was 19. And I experienced the thoughts since I was 10 years old. And it's hard to talk to my family about it because I just... Growing up, like, when they would take me to, like, the psychologist, I would be like, okay, like, let me just tell her some other shit and, like, leave this kind of in the background. So every week I would just say some different shit off the wall and, like, maybe, like, she can't find out about this. Did they catch on to that, knowing that you were trying to, like, avoid the subject? I tried to avoid by making it seem like it was something else. Mm. So... They would ask me, like, these little questions, and I'm like, I know what the fuck they're asking. Like, I was like, um, no, and i just start talking about something else, or, like, I would just make up different symptoms to kind of throw them off. Mm. Like, I'd be like, okay, because there was symptoms you could see that obviously weren't happening. Mm. So I'm like, okay, they're going to see that this is not happening, and I'm going to be good. Like, I'm going to be good. They don't have to know my actual symptoms. I don't want to tell them. Because I didn't know it was a mental illness. I thought that I was just a monster. And to this day, like, I still don't talk to my family about it. Because I'm like, I understand why you don't why you don't believe me. Because 10-year-old me was kind of like, 10-year-old me was kind of like, okay, like, let me throw out this. Let me throw out that. Let me throw out this. But it was because I never wanted them to know. And it was because I myself didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a mental illness. And I was just like, they can't know this. They can't know what's wrong with me. What are, like, some of the reflective traits of OCD? Like, what do you find yourself doing or some of, like, those routines? Just to give people a sense to try to understand because we all know someone, like, it's a really popular disease, but not a lot of people get diagnosed. Actually, it's not super popular. It's not as popular as people think. It's, um, a lot of people have, like, this notion of saying, like, oh, I have OCD. I'm Mm. so OCD. Um, because I'm super clean, I'm super this, I'm super organized. That is not OCD. Aren't there like levels to? There are different types, and okay. so there are types of OCD that are characterized by um, contamination. So a lot of the time, like that cleanliness is a compulsion to um, obsessive thoughts about contamination and fear of contamination and fear that if you don't clean this, like some harm will come to you or other people. Okay, I take that back. <laughs> not, 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 not as popular. And you're correct. Uh, maybe um, it's just an easy way to tag certain behavior that oh, I guess I'm OCD because I do this like um, in a certain way. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, and contamination is the one that people know about. So that's kind of well, they don't know it's contamination. They just think it's cleanliness. It's not cleanliness. Mm. It's attached to that obsessive fear and that's like what people don't understand and they're like oh like it's just thoughts like you just you just don't have to think them and it's think like, them right <laughs> they're not just thoughts they're a lot of the time ocd thoughts are not rational and as a 20 year old woman who is pretty fucking rational i'll be like this is not rational at all there is no reason why 
I have to say, like, there is no reason why if I go to the bathroom, like, when I'm done, I have to touch the um, lever, and then I can't touch anything else, and if I touch anything else, then I have to make sure that that's not contaminated, mm. and then I have to open the sink from, like, the front of the sink, and I can close it from the back. If I accidentally touch the front, I have to wash it again, count to seven while I'm washing, and then I don't touch the doorknob. I get paper to take it and open open the door. <laughs> like I'm aware that that makes no sense. I'm aware that I don't need to do it. But in my mind, these awful things are going to happen if I don't do it. And it's been like that from the time I was 10 years old. And my obsessive thoughts were not, um, they were never surrounding contamination. Oh, I'm not going to say never. Um, most of them were not surrounding contamination. They were fear of, um, they were fear of demons. They were fear of the devil. They were fear of like religion, but it was hard because I'm really religious and I love God. So imagine like being a really religious girl and hearing like, F you God, F you God, F you God, F you God, a million times over and over in your head. In your head. And so I would have to say a string of counteractive words in my head to God to make sure that, um, to make sure that like I wasn't saying that, to make sure God knew I wasn't saying that. Or like, I would think like, I would have to say things like to rebuke the devil. And it's like, oh my gosh, because I rebuked the devil, but I said, I rebuke you to the devil. So that means I was talking to the devil. So I have to repent and I have to make sure that I pray to God and I have to, and it would happen just like in these big ass loops. And for some reason, seven was a magic number to me. Seven, three, and four. Mm. Never six. Number six freaked me the fuck out. But you see how it's hard to explain? <laughs> like, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. And I just felt like all these things were going to happen. I remember, like, an association to my ponytails one time. And these are just, I'm telling you, like, little examples of thoughts. There are a million. There are a million going through my head every second of the day. Even now, I'm doing compulsions as I'm talking to you, and it's because I have to in my head. I believe bad things are going to happen if I don't, and it's really difficult to explain. Has it gotten better over time after your diagnosis, or it got better after I got um, after I got my diagnosis, after I got put on medication? I actually still need to be going to therapy. I definitely still need to be going to therapy. I'm not going to therapy, which is bad, but um, it's just because like getting a therapist in DC is so expensive and I am a college student. I just, I can't afford it. I can't afford a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And there aren't a lot of resources in DC period that aren't like full cost. Like a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists don't want to take insurance. They want out of pocket payments. And I, I just can't do that. So what, what, what are some of the ways, um, since you don't have access to um, some of these professionals, what are some of the ways you kind of like cope with some of those um, thoughts or actions, like just something you found maybe maybe laid down or something? How do you try to? I will say like when my when it's really bad, I will just keep doing it. I will keep doing them over and over until I'm exhausted until I am exhausted and crying and sometimes bleeding. Like there have been instances wow. where I have like done different rituals to the point where I was bleeding 
And then I just shut down. And I know that there's something that I do, like if I'm doing them for really long, like it gets to be so much emotionally that I'm like, I'm just going to pretend I'm not in my body. Like I'm going to pretend that my body is moving on its own and that I'm not there. And usually it ends up with like me just going to sleep. That sounds so sad. (laughs) That sounds really sad. But like, that's what I do when I don't have any control. But the biggest thing that I can do is kind of, sometimes you do have to test them. Like sometimes you do have to be like, look, if I do this, this is not happening. And then like, there are some that are untestable. And those are the ones that I always get mad about. And sometimes I do have to have people sit there and explain to me that what is happening is irrational. What I think is happening is irrational. And then they'll be like, like, look, like, that's not true. That's not accurate. Like, you know that that is not going to happen. And I'm like, no, I don't know. Walk me through the, um, walk me through the scenario where this is not going to happen. Like, well, this is just very unlikely to happen. I'm like, how? You don't know it's unlikely to happen. You don't know. Like, you can't tell if the devil would possess my body. I could be possessed right now. You wouldn't even know. And I'm like, (laughs) I get terrified. I get really terrified when I kind of can't tell the difference between reality and the fear obsessions. Like, it's really hard. And it's trying to bridge that gap. But sometimes you do need people to force you to test them. I will say, like, there are people that, like, want to baby me. They're like, oh, no, you don't have to do this. Like, you, okay, you're scared to do that. You don't have to. When people say, bitch, you still got to do it. <laughs> like, you're terrified. But you have to face your... But you have to, you really do have to face it sometimes. And that does work sometimes, but other times it doesn't work. Other times that will only serve to scare me more and throw me into a panic attack. So. Is there a particular um, ritual that it works for? Is there a pattern you've identified that... Um, you know, being a bit pushy works for and one that, you know, being a bit mild works for or it's kind of like random? I think the ones that being pushy used to work for, especially like when I was younger, would be the physical ones. Like the physical ones or like ones where it would be obvious if this compulsion did not work. So if it was, if you knock your ponytail six times, your parents are going to die. Like eventually... I realized, okay, they're not dead. But then the thoughts kind of evolved. Like, it would be like, oh, they'll die at an undisclosed time sometime in the future. And I was like, well, fuck, I can't check that now. (laughs) Is it kind of frustrating that other people, say family or friends or just other people, don't exactly know what you're going through? It's the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do, and it amplifies whenever you go through anything. Like, I'll have little flare-ups just because, like, I had an emotional time. Like, breakups? Oh, OCD? My OCD loves breakups. Like, it's like, oh. Really? Like breakups, like relationships? Yeah. And it could be, like, because, like, I'm upset. So it just goes haywire. It goes haywire, and, like, I always tend to lose control of it a little bit not like completely but I do lose control a little bit like after a breakup or after a high stress event after a death it's like whatever's happening it's almost like OCD is like yeah I know you feel fucked up right now but I want to make that a little worse wow and it is the hardest thing I've ever had to do it's the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with and I've been dealing with it for so long like it feels I don't know what it would be like to think normal 
But that's why it's so frustrating when people don't understand what it is or how hard it is, because I'm like, it affects every moment of my life. It does not stop. It is constant. Even as I'm speaking to you, I like said, they go on. I have to do my compulsions, even if they're in my head. And just because they're not visual, people don't understand that it's happening. Like there are times when I can't do homework because I'm doing these compulsions. And then by the time those are done, it's like, it's 4 a.m. And I'm like, well, now you have to stay up to study for bio. How are you going to do that? But it's like, to me, one is more important. One is more important because one is compulsive. And that's like what I'm saying. Like, it's that bridge between like understanding reality and not understanding reality. Like, I know that nothing is going to happen, but I can't convince myself of that to the point where other responsibilities, I can't do them. Have you kind of like interacted with someone else that's like going through like the same thing or are you close to someone else? Was going through the same thing. Does that help? It does. It does a lot. Because growing up, I was like, OCD is a cleaning disorder. Bitch, you do not have OCD. Mm. And then when I got diagnosed, I remember I actually told, like, <laughs> there was a psychologist. I got diagnosed by a psychiatrist. But there were two different psychologists beforehand that had recommended that I get tested for OCD. And it's not like a test test. Like, I don't think there's, like, an actual, like, medical test but like it's a series of questions it's a series of questions if you talk about the experience and apparently like it's not easy to fake OCD like it's not like it's such a it's such a unique I think thought process so you couldn't throw throw them off the scent with your answers and stuff like that it was like at that point I was like look I just want to know what the fuck this is when I was a kid it was so e- I didn't even bring up the thoughts. I was like, like, and they would ask me questions. I'd be like, oh, I would just make up random ass answers. I would make up random ass answers. Like, I would be like, oh, yeah, it's like, um, I'm hearing screaming, I guess, in my head. Like, I would just make shit up. And they would be like, oh, so she's playing. Like, she doesn't understand. She's fine. And I was like, okay, they don't know. And I would keep going back to the therapist, like, because when I would have my flare-ups, they would get so bad, like, that I would have trouble functioning. But, and the only thing that would make me feel better was actually going to the psychologist, but, and, like, talking about certain things, but I could never talk about that. I would always exclude those symptoms from it, and I didn't talk about it. And that's why I didn't get diagnosed until I got older. Because it got to the point where I was not functioning properly and I was not able to hide them. And so I had to go to the doctor and she said, you have textbook OCD. And I'm like, you're serious. She went, everything that you just said is common in people with OCD. And I was like, I'm like, so you believe me? You believe me? I'm like, because when I was a kid, I remember I like made up all these things. And so like they just stopped believing me because I made up all these things but I never told them about this and so by the time I was older like I didn't ever want to because I'm like they're never gonna believe a word I said like 10 year old me was like throwing you off the scent so like why would they believe something else I'm saying now so it was so important for you for someone to acknowledge that it was so important it was the first time I had ever actually talked about it with a doctor and the doctor said like that's common 
And the two therapists that I saw before that were like, that is common. So that gave you a, a sense of not being alone? Or... I didn't feel like I was alone. And it was one of the first times that I was like, I'm not a monster. Like, this just, this isn't just, I don't just have a fucked up brain. I don't just have a fucked up brain. It's obvious I don't want to do these things. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to do anything. And they were like, yeah, that's common in OCD too. And I'm like, so you believe me that I'm not going to hurt anybody, that I'm not going to just like, we don't, we don't think you're going to hurt anybody. We just think that you need help and we think that you're scared. And that meant everything to me to have that validated. Who is this person um, who um, you kind of like connected with who's going through the same thing? As I got older, I remember I actually did go to like a mental health center and I made a friend there and she was so sweet. She um, she suffered from OCD and she was also on the autism spectrum. And she, first of all, she's my favorite individual in there. Like we would come in, I'd be like, bitch, she'd be like, bitch. <laughs> and the, the ladies would get kind of mad because <laughs> we were kind of off the wall, like, get therapy and I'd be like this is fucking stupid she's like yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> so they would kind of get mad at us they're like we'd talk about smoking weed and shit that we shouldn't talk about in front of the other people <laughs> but when she explained like her OCD and how it affected her I was like yo it's the same, same oh my thing. gosh it's similar and she's like yeah I'm like does yours get worse when you have breakups she's like so bad and I'm like yes no one else understands that. Wow. What, what would you, and I, I kind of like want to talk to that listener who um, kind of like knows someone that might be going through something and it might not necessarily be OCD. You know, sometimes all you have to do is just to listen and acknowledge like mm-hmm. what that person is going through. You might not like have the answers to solve it, but it goes a long way. And, you know, especially for a kid, right? growing up because kids will always try to tell you something at mm-hmm. least once or twice but when they see that hey they're not getting the response that they want from you or it seems like you're not even understanding what they're going through then some of them might just tend to like just sh- shut it out and, and grow kids are smarter than you be, think yeah like they're better at hiding shit than you think and one thing i do want to say to like that person first of all there's no hierarchy to what you're going through there is no oh I have anxiety. This is worse than depression. I have OCD. This is worse than anxiety. This is what you have is valid. Whether you have a mental health um, complication or not, whether you have a mental health disorder or not, what you're going through is fucking valid. You could have trauma. You could have anything. It's valid. And you don't, anybody telling you like, oh, well, just calm down. Oh, well, just cheer up. Oh, the Fuck them, yeah. first of all. It's not a switch. You can just turn it on and off. You can't you turn it on and off, whether you have a diagnosis or not. Also, I will say, like, if you notice something is interfering with your daily functioning, sometimes there is a problem. Like, it's not always just you. And that happens a lot. Like, people with mental illness are like, oh, it's just me. And I did that for a long time. And when I finally went to a doctor, they were like, bitch, you should have been diagnosed. And... If something's interfering with your daily functioning, there is no harm in going to the doctor. And I know, like, in the Black community, especially, it's like, only white people get mental illness. That's not true. Yeah. I think we just don't report it, and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it as openly. So if you don't have family members that are necessarily supportive, 
I think that it just, it does get difficult because they are hard to pay for services, but it doesn't hurt to get diagnosed. And I feel like the college setting is definitely a setting where it's easier to get those services. Like with the health center, yeah, you'll have to find somebody else after eight weeks, but I think you can get an idea of how those symptoms are functioning, whether they're affecting your daily life, and you can at least get an idea of what's going on. Yeah. And then figure out what to do from there as far as like seeking a psychiatrist to give you a diagnosis, seeking a therapist, seeking the type of therapy that you want. It doesn't hurt to just get those answers. And if you don't want to talk to your parents about it, that's a tricky one. <laughs> that's a tricky one. What What do you do if, I mean, we're in the U.S., right? So um, sure. um, access to some of these facilities. Uh, what if you're in a country that, is still going through, like, the medical industry is still developing and, you know, uh, mental health is, you know, not in any way considered, uh, I don't know. And, you know, you, you have something and they say, hey, you know, go to church. It's always pray. church. <laughs> it's, it is, you know. Always church. Unfortunately, uh, I think it'll, at a point I was starting to think that, hey, it would do a lot of good if pastors were kind of mandated to get psychology degrees. I think so. Sometimes. I've actually talked to people about that. Because it, it, I know a couple of pastors that have psychology degrees and they operate a bit differently. And there are elements of religion that are helpful mm-hmm. to people with mental illness. But you have to find that balance between psychology and religion. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge that it's an actual medical issue. That it's something that's actually affecting you. When you go to, oh, it's just... Just pray it away. Just pray it away. It'll be okay. That's not it. But you can say, God, help me go through this the same way you could ask God for help on a medical journey. Mm. God, Allah, Yahweh, whoever you worship, it doesn't matter. You can use your faith as an element to get you through the same way you would if you were like in a critical physical state for some type of chronic disease. Oh, well, so um, kind of like, I don't know if you have any, what do you think is a rational first step for someone that doesn't have access to like professionals and is surrounded by, um, I don't know, religious people and uh, what's a rational first step to take if I'm in, I don't know, Sudan or something? I really wish I knew. I really wish I knew. And I want to say something like stay strong, or, but that's such bullshit. Like when people say, stay strong, like we have you, it's so easy to be in a place where you've been diagnosed, where you've gotten help and say, oh, stay strong. No, that shit runs rampant in your life and it can, it fucks up everything that you're doing. So I don't know what a rational first step would be. My first step was getting out of that environment Mm. And not everybody has the same choices that I do. And then when I came to the States, obviously it was easier to get an access to psychiatric care, especially since like, and it was like a thing where like my psychiatrist, my psychiatrist, my psychologist, when I was a kid knew my mother. So Mm. there was a lot of shit I was not going to tell her. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell her about these obsessive thoughts, like about hurting people, especially like people in my family, because A, I'm not going to do them, but they're going to think I actually want to do them. Mm-hmm. They're going to think that I want to hurt them. They're going to think that I don't love them. And that's not true. And 
it's hard to do that. Like sometimes it's not even like medical care isn't available. Sometimes it's like the medical care that is available is not at the same level that it should be, like a level of confidentiality. Somebody told me, they were like, you should have never been taken to a psychiatrist that knew your mother. Like who thought that, that was going to work? And I'm like, you know, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like there was just so much I didn't say because I didn't want it to get back to my family. And I didn't want them to blow anything out of proportion. Like nothing was confidential. Nothing I did, nothing I said growing up was ever confidential. And that's why it was so, that's why I completely just shut off. Because I'm like, look, once they find out, they try to control things. And I, I can't do that. And so like, if you can get to a place where those things are more um, talked about, and yeah. I would say do that. Also, I would say that you need to become educated. I think a lot of people that grow up in those places, they grow up, if they're passionate about mental health, they get their degree and it's like, bye, I'm not coming back. Yeah. It's important to come back and help people in the same community because you could be that one person that helps somebody that would not have been able to get help otherwise. So I will say like for people, definitely get educated, come back, help your community. I wish I knew what to say about what the first step would be, but I don't. I mean, you've already, you've said quite a lot, actually. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, in our own little way, we're, you know, doing our bit to help that one listener uh, that's here, that's struggling with some form of um, mental health issue. And if you need to talk to somebody, like, hit me up in the Instagram DMs. I will give you my number. Like, we can talk because... Mental health problems, they're so hard to talk about, especially yeah. with people that are... Don't understand. That don't understand. I, I don't want to say are normal because I think I'm pretty fucking normal. But, yeah. like, it's hard to talk to people who don't have mental illness and explain it to them. So if you want to explain it to me, fucking explain it to me. I'll listen. I will listen to you and I will talk to you. Yeah. And, and they can get your Instagram handle, um, which is... Uh, oh. KSP? No, that's No, Snapchat. that's Snapchat. You can snap me too, but natural disaster seven seven seven. Natural disaster seven seven seven. Okay. But wow. there is nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you, and you see on TV a lot, like when somebody says they have a mental illness, or like somebody people find out they have a mental illness, everyone's like, oh, and they're so supportive, and they know everything to say magically. That's bullshit. Your mm. friends are gonna fucking offend you. Yeah. They're gonna offend the hell out of you. And they won't even know that they're doing it. Yeah. And some people don't believe you and they say you're acting out. And, Do not you know, be discouraged by that. Yeah. Do but, not be discouraged at all. That's just not how the world works. And I think TV kind of portrays it as if we're further along than we are. We're not that far along. And so if you feel like your experience is invalid, it really isn't. And uh, are they... I'm, I'm sorry, I have to keep going back to this, but I'm just trying to... <laughs> Are they, like, over the years, like, um, I don't know, like, foods or music or ambiences, whatever. Like, I'm just trying to, you know, put as much information out there. Uh, something that has worked for you that someone else can try. Like, oh, okay, maybe I should try this. And I don't know if that works out. Well, sometimes it depends on your type. Like, different types of OCD would require different rituals that, like, have completely different themes. Mm. But... Let me think of like something that used to help me. I don't know. I love music. 
I love music and it doesn't even have to be talking about OCD. Like obviously I'm not going to find some song that was specifically talking about OCD, but songs that kind of capture that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of fear of yourself, listening to it and thinking like, yeah, that's what I feel. I understand that feeling. So that, that kind of like, it's kind of like meeting someone else that's going through the same thing. Through the music, you identify that, oh, for someone to have produced this sound, it means there is some connection there with. So it's kind of like connecting to another person. Exactly. Like there was this song that I listened to all the time when I was like younger. And there's even a song I listen to now, like Billie Eilish, I Don't Want to Be You Anymore. Mm. And it's about like this girl and like the lyrics are like, don't be that way, fall apart twice a day. I just wish you could hear what you say. I just wish you could feel what you say. And she's like, tell the mirror what you've heard before, what she's heard before. I don't want to be you anymore. And it connects to me so much, like when I have my flare ups and I'm just like, and I do that thing where I'm like, okay, let me pretend I'm not in my body until it's over because it's painful and I'm crying and I don't want to do this. And I want to just be normal. Like, I want to be a normal girl who can just come home and go to sleep and not do any of these things. Or if I'm overthinking and I'm just like, I want my brain to just stop. I want to relax. I just don't want to hear anything for a little bit. And so, like, to hear something, I don't want to be you anymore. Like, that's really how I feel sometimes. I'm just like, this sucks. This sucks. And I want to leave my body. Or there is this song, Control, by Halsey. And she talks about she said like I'm well acquainted with demons that live in my head I beg they beg me to write them so they'll never die when I'm dead it really sometimes feels like there's somebody else there like obviously there's not another person there but it like that's a whole nother thing but it feels like like, the shit isn't even me like I feel like I'm not even the only inhabitant in my brain and I feel like I hate fucking arguing with my own brain Like, like if you could just agree with me that would be nice I don't need to argue every second of the day. I have other people for that. And so sometimes, like, yeah, definitely listening to that music that identifies how I felt, it made me feel a little bit less alone. And sometimes those artists do have mental illnesses. I know um, Halsey has spoken out about being bipolar, which is not the same as having OCD, but you do see a connection in those feelings. You know what I mean? Like that, just that idea of having a mental illness and not feeling like you are the one in control of yourself. And she like says in the thing, like in the song, she goes, um, she shouts out who is in control. And I'm like, I feel like that all the time because I know shit's irrational, but then I'm like, okay, but I have to do it. And then I think about it and obviously I still do it, but if a person came up to me and told me to do the shit that my OCD told me to do, I'd be like, fuck you. You don't own me. And sometimes it feels like my OCD does own me because I have to listen to it regardless of if I want to or not. Wow. Like, I heard of something called grounding. Um, Grounding. Yeah. I don't know if it might work for some people, maybe not others. It's where you you walk barefoot. What? You walk, uh, you take off your shoes and you walk barefoot on the grass. So, um, don't know, just throwing that out there. I'm trying to think. I know, like, there was one time 
I was like, I was having a really bad panic attack in the therapy room and the therapist, she could not calm me down. And well, I don't think I was to a point where I was like, I, I definitely like I was having trouble breathing. I was panting. I was crying. I was shaking. And she was like, um, I'm going to need you to think of four things you can see that are blue and I looked at her and I was like what the fuck are you talking about she's like just think of four things that you can see that are blue and I identified them she's like now three things you can hear I identified them two things you can smell one thing you can feel and it did kind of like ground me back into my own body in a way and it kind of like reminded me that I was I was in that room I was not in the situation mm. that I was thinking of that it caused the panic. Made you concentrate. It did force me to concentrate and realize, like, yes, you had a traumatic experience. You're not there right now. Mm. It's not happening all over again. You're right here. Does this mean activity helps? This is just me. Like, um, I some activities. I'm not, like, a psychologist <laughs> or anything. I'm just trying to, you know. Uh, some activities help. Like, you have your little toolboxes. And I will say, like, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I do not have every single fucking thing figured out. These are just things that have helped me. They do give you tools and exercises to kind of combat different cognitive distortions and tries to like, they try to like help you understand cognitive distortions and be able to identify them in your own mind, Mm. kind of bridging that gap between what's real and what's not. And then they tell you how to go from there and try to calm down in relation to a thought that maybe you can't control. So um, if you happen to be listening and you're going through something, um, try as much as you can to educate yourself. Uh, If you you have the opportunity to leave an environment that you feel isn't contributing positively to making you get better, Try to leave, but also try to come back to help out with people who might be going through the same things. And we've kind of like done our best to you know put some things out there that maybe you could try. It might work for you, it might not, but definitely talking to a professional would help you out in you know, discovering what works for you. So, and again, I think this is really important to say, just like you said, Khalees, um, it's valid whatever it is you're going through, because um, I really really connected with that word Mm because you you almost feel like okay am i just thinking about this all in my head am i making a big fuss out of it is it just a little thing and my mom said get over it and Mm -hmm. it's not it is valid and it is something that should be addressed and it's like even if like you're hearing what i'm saying and it's like oh well i don't connect with that what i'm dealing with isn't exactly the same it doesn't have to be the fucking same Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the fucking same for your experience to be valid it doesn't have to be the same for you to maybe need more help with it. We are not the same. We're not the same people. Exactly. Well, internally and externally, we're not the same. So. Exactly. It's different experiences. And like, even two people, like, you need someone with OCD. You know one person with OCD. There is somebody else with OCD that can present completely fucking differently. That can present differently. Obviously, like, they're going to have some similarities, but they can present completely differently. 
Gotcha. And same thing with like people that have anxiety, people that have depression. There are people with low, um, low functioning depression. And then there are people that have serious depression but are high functioning and you would never know. And uh, if you if you guys like kind of need someone to talk to, uh, I mean, you are not in any way psychologists. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, but <laughs> no, just someone to share something with. And maybe, I don't know, we can make one or two more recommendations online or, you know, connect you with someone who can or I don't know. If you need help with resources, shit, we can find them together because this shit is hard out here. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'll probably just cut this off. Um, Yeah. Bye.